You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 88. Hey there, Impact Drivers. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today we are talking all about dealing with difficult stakeholders. What does it mean to call someone a difficult stakeholder? What have they done to you to earn that wonderful badge? And what are some simple steps you can take for managing all of your stakeholders, even the most difficult ones? Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by Tempest Resource. Tempest Resource gives PMOs actionable intelligence, cutting-edge analytics, and real-time scenario analysis, all while minimizing the overhead of managing a resource portfolio. Learn more at pmostrategies.com forward slash 088. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 088. Check out their demo and learn a little bit more about how they can help you make a bigger impact. Okay, let's dive in. I recently did a survey of my audience and community, those that are a part of the weekly newsletter, inside our mobile app, the Impact Driver Network and community, and asked them some really important questions. But the most important one of all was, what is your most difficult pain point? What is standing in your way professionally of achieving your goals. And guess what was one of the biggest areas that people reported were a pain point? Stakeholders, especially dealing with the difficult ones. Now I get it. We all have projects we're trying to manage, work we're trying to get done, PMOs we're trying to run, impact we are trying to make. And sometimes the people working on our projects just don't do what we want them to do. And When they don't, things don't go the way we'd like. Totally get it. If people would just do what we said, we'd be fine, right? (laughs) Well, maybe or maybe not. But if you're in project management and PMOs, you have to know how to manage stakeholders because you can't get anything done without the people around you. They are what make a project a project. It's all about the people. But sometimes those people just don't seem to want to be there. We feel like we're hitting a lot of change resistance. And this causes us tons of headaches when we're just trying to do our jobs and do them well. So today I'm going to give you a few techniques for dealing with stakeholders, even the difficult ones, so that you can have fewer headaches, be more productive, and get it done. So what does it mean when you call someone a difficult stakeholder? Now, maybe we should back up a little. What does it mean to be a stakeholder at all? And how do you engage them effectively? So here's my definition of a stakeholder, and it's a little bit different than a lot of typical definitions of a stakeholder, but you'll see why it's so powerful and so, so true on your projects and with your PMO. My definition of a stakeholder is anyone that can positively or negatively influence or is affected by the outcomes of a project or believes they are affected by the outcomes of the project. It's about cause and affect, not effect. 
It's cause and effect, meaning if their actions can affect a change on your project or your project will, or they think it will affect them, then you better be paying attention to them and managing their engagement or lack thereof proactively. Think about it this way. Have you ever had a project where there was somebody that you felt like should care and they really were disengaged? Um, I'm sure that happens all the time. Or conversely, have you ever had a project where somebody really seemed to care a lot about it and maybe cared so much they tried to sabotage it because they felt like they would be affected by the outcomes, whether or not that was actually true? Remember, it's people's perspectives that actually drive their behavior, not the reality. So their perspective is their reality. And if they believe that your project will affect them in a negative way, you better believe you're going to see some reaction. Your stakeholders will react. And that's right. I said stakeholders, even if they are not on the project or they're not the sponsor, they're not the business users that you think will be using this system or product or service or deliverable you're creating, or even people that are in your organization. You could have people completely outside of the bubble of who you are considering a stakeholder, and they could be making your life incredibly difficult and you may or may not even know it. So that's why I like my broader definition of a stakeholder, because it's about their ability to influence the outcomes of your project. And if they can influence it, either by not being around to make the decisions they're supposed to make when they should care, but they don't seem to, or if they are passively aggressively shifting resources or not giving you the resources or not supporting the project, even when you think they shouldn't care, then you should be paying attention to them, getting to know them and figuring out how to keep them exactly where you need them to make the impact you're trying to make. Okay, so first things first, how do you find them? If I'm telling you that stakeholders, as you may have defined it in the past, is not broad enough, well, how do you find the stakeholders in your organization? Those that either feel like they are affected by the outcomes of the project, want to influence the outcomes of the project, even if you think they should or shouldn't, how do you find those people? First, look for them everywhere. There are obvious groups of stakeholders like the business unit you're doing the work for, the company you're working for, the project team, the sponsor, etc. But the ones you may not think about are those that can affect the project outside of that core group. So look at it from a risk perspective. You know you're good at risk management, right? Anyone that could influence the broader direction is potentially a stakeholder. For example, any other stakeholder on any other project that is in a position to shift resources from your project to theirs is a stakeholder of yours. Think about it. Think of all of those functional managers that have resources that they're shifting around. One of the biggest complaints that PMO leaders have is that resource management is a problem in their organization. Well, are you considering that the managers of those resources are your stakeholders? Of course they are. Now, you're going to have varying levels of degrees of management of them. So don't worry, you're not gonna have a full-time job now of simply keeping a stakeholder register updated. But 
a big part of your job is managing stakeholders, is building relationships, is engaging people in a thoughtful way and understanding what they care about, etc. So you want to spend a good portion of your time reflecting on who cares about this, who should care about this, and are we appropriately managing them? So number two, how do you appropriately manage them? You get to know them. Everyone has a WIFM, a what's in it for me. Know your stakeholders WIFM. Ask them questions, engage, understand how they benefit when your project or PMO is successful or fails. Everyone has their own motivations. And the more time you spend really understanding what they care about, what their actions are telling you, not just their words, what really seems to draw the emotion from them, the more you'll understand who they really are and what makes them tick. The more you know about what makes them tick, the more you can change the conversation when you're talking to them to map to what they care about. For example, when you are building a PMO, and this is one thing I've spent a lot of time recently talking to my Impact Engine PMO group coaching students about, is that you need to really peel back the layers in conversations with your business leaders when you're asking what pain points they have, so that when it comes time to talk about the impact you're going to make on the organization, the outcomes they're going to see from the services you're delivering, you can explain that in terms of the pain they identified. For example, if an executive says, hey, what's really frustrating me is that I can't seem to get a big picture of what's going on with all the projects in our organization. I think there's things happening that I don't even know about. I'm not sure we're focused on the right things. That is screaming for portfolio management. But you don't go shoving portfolio management or tools in their face. Instead, you talk to them about how when you implement a portfolio management service for them, here's the outcome they're going to have. Transparency, which is the opposite of what they said their pain point was. If you're not asking all the right questions in your organization, you can't understand what people really care about. And therefore, you can't talk to them in terms that are really going to get their attention in a positive way. The only way to get their support is to get their attention, right? So when your stakeholders don't seem to care about the project, it's probably because you haven't really understood what they care about, their personal whiffum, the what's in it for me, and talk to them about the outcomes of the project in the terms of why they should care. You know what? No, I'm going to correct that. It's not why they should care because that's what you believe. It's why they will care, which is what they believe. You see the difference? When I say that someone should care about a project or they should care about the benefits or they should care about the PMO, that's all assuming that we know what they should think and feel. And maybe we do, right? Because we do understand the work we're doing, but they don't for whatever reason. So we need to talk to them about it in a way that really addresses what they do care about, not what they should care about. So If you have a stakeholder you're working with that really cares about getting that next promotion much more than whether or not your project is successful, see how you can talk about the project and the outcomes it will achieve and how that's going to make them look really good so that they look good in the eyes of their executives, therefore better positioning them for that promotion. 
Now, with some people, you can be so straightforward. Others, you might have to be a little bit more subtle, but you've got to be good at figuring out how to talk to each of your stakeholders if you're going to be able to handle the good ones and the more difficult ones. Okay, what's another technique that might help? I like to put people in categories. Let me explain what I mean. I'm a Myers-Briggs ISTJ. If you know anything about Myers-Briggs, you know that ISTJ types really like to categorize things, people, projects, everything really, so that we can make order of the chaos and figure out how to act. I like to figure out how to engage stakeholders properly So ordering them into a system in my mind of how they are interacting or engaging with this project helps me figure out how to manage them most effectively. And before you get upset saying, oh, we shouldn't categorize people, we shouldn't bucket people, we literally do it every day. And we must do it with our stakeholders so that we can organize how we spend our energy helping them get from where they are to where they need to be. So one technique that works really well, and I know if you're still reeling from the fact that I said I was an ISTJ, don't worry. Nobody that ever believes me believes that to be true, but it's true. It's about where I get my energy, which is going down and in, which is the I. And the J is not about judging people. It's about organizing information so that you can process it. And that's where these techniques come in. Okay, so first let's assess these people, these stakeholders on a capability scale. Do they understand the project, the PMO, the outcomes you're trying to achieve? Are they motivated to be a part of it? And do they know how to be a part of it? So on understand, the question is, do they understand their role on the project and what is expected from them? Or that they don't really have a role on the project if they're a stakeholder that you believe thinks they should be involved, but they aren't. Second question, are they motivated? Do they know their WIFM and is that WIFM for the project strong enough to inspire them to act in the ways necessary to support that project? And finally, do they know how? Do they know how to engage, to help, to be a productive part of the project success? You've got to know this information so that you can figure out how to fill the gaps from where they are to where you need them to be for the project to be successful. It's a very simple exercise. Do they get it? Are they motivated to do anything about it? And do they know how? The other way that is a fascinating exercise to go through, which will definitely help you, is understanding their power and their interest, because that is their ability to influence the outcomes of your project. There's two factors to consider here. Do they care? And do they have the ability to do anything about that? Knowing this will help you figure out how actively you need to manage them and if they are where they quote unquote should be for your project. You need to make sure those that are supposed to be engaged are engaged. And if there are others that are influencing the project but really don't have a stake in the outcome, you still gotta keep an eye on those folks. So here's one thing you might wanna do. Create a quadrant, you know, like a cross in the middle with four boxes. And on one axis, you want to put the interest. On another axis, you want to put their power. And then as they go either left to right or bottom to top, their interest and power go from low to high. 
Then you can start categorizing people by asking a very simple question. How interested are they in the project or the PMO and the outcomes you're trying to drive? And how much influence do they have in the organization? If someone is high interest and high power, manage them closely. If their interest is positive, great. Keep them engaged. Make sure you're providing information to them so that they can support you, understand where things are. They care a lot and they have a high level of influence. Leverage their power for good, like getting necessary resources for your project. Your sponsor, as an example, needs to be in this category to be most helpful to you. If their interest is negative, like they really are interested in making sure your project or your PMO fails, and they have a lot of power, they could use that power for evil and derail your project. Okay, high interest and low power. They're moderately positioned to influence the outcomes. Keep them informed. They wanna know what's going on because they are very interested. And if you don't keep them informed, you could find that they could switch from being positive to being negative. So make sure you keep them in the know and who knows, maybe they have more high power friends or people that are listening to them. Low interest and high power. So they moderately position to influence the outcomes even unintentionally. Keep this group happy. If they aren't really interested in your project but they have high influence, you wanna keep them informed and happy with your progress. They may become interested really fast and impact your project in a negative way if you aren't keeping them happy. Think of a lot of the managers and business leaders that own the resources you need for your projects or your PMO. Or they could have a high interest in other projects and since they don't care much about yours, they could easily derail it by shifting resources or focus to those other projects, thereby leaving your project in the dust. You see what I mean? That is why it's important to give them a reason to have a whiffum regarding your project. Give them a reason to care and then use those powers to support you. And then there's the low interest and low power. Lowest likelihood of influencing the outcomes in your project or your PMO. Monitor them and maintain a relationship, but don't focus so much energy here unless they should be in a high, high category, meaning they should care more and they should be able to influence things more. Again, this is a great explanation of where a sponsor should be, but often we feel like they have low interest and low influence on the project, and that's something we need to change. It's all about finding their WIFM and engaging them properly. So how do you engage them? Use what you've learned by assessing them using the techniques I've talked about here to figure out where they are and where you need them to be for your PMO or your project to be successful. One great way to engage them is to focus on your communications with them and using effective communication strategies to help guide you down the right path of right-sized communications with your stakeholders. Remember, more communication is not always better. You wanna make sure your communication is right-sized and gives them the information they need to support you, make educated, informed decisions, and keep you moving forward. You don't just wanna throw tons and tons of information at them because then you'll have what's called information indigestion and you won't get the outcomes you're looking for because they will be so buried in information, they won't be able to focus on what you need to move your project forward. Secondly, show that you actually care about them personally. When they tell you what they care about regarding your project or what they care about generally because you know, you're know you having real conversations with real people to 
understand they're with them, pay attention, and then do something about it. This is especially effective if you find a stakeholder that is concerned about something going on with a project. Be clear and transparent with them. Hold them accountable for the level of engagement they are expected to have, but make sure you're doing your part too. There's nothing more powerful than implementing an idea somebody has or addressing a pain point somebody has to get them from wherever they are to caring a whole lot about the outcomes of your project. For more information on the ways to go about effectively communicating with your sponsor and your stakeholders, check out episode 036. It's called Project Communications Even Your Sponsor Will Love, but it really is communications for everybody, especially in times where a lot of people are still working remotely and even in-person communications are with a mask over our face so you can't see facial expressions, etc. It's really important that you get the communications right-sized so that you can accelerate getting to impact. Okay, now let's talk about resistance. Change resistance, that is. What happens when a stakeholder isn't engaged and you need them to be? Or they are actively or passively resisting your project or the change expected from that project? Think about it. What do you do when you're not getting the behavior you want from a stakeholder? We start talking. We try to convince them. We try to tell them that they should care. We sell them on the project or the PMO. Stop that immediately. Think about it this way. Has anyone ever grabbed your hand and started pulling you? What's the first thing you do before you even know where they're trying to take you? You pull back. It's our natural instinct. Before we ever have a chance to give it a thought, we are already resisting. Then when our brains catch up to the resistance, we determine if we are interested in the direction we are being taken and then ease our resistance. Or if we don't like where things are headed, we pull back even harder. Instead, you might want to try going to stand next to the person you want to come with you and tell them you're going to go through the change or the project or the PMO changes together. You walk beside them and hold their hand. You bring them along with you. They are far more likely to come with you now because you're doing it together. You are doing change with them and not to them. Now, if you are facing change resistance, here's some tough love. It's not their fault. It's yours. I don't actually believe in change resistance. Want to know why? Well, I've seen a few people get married on purpose or have children on purpose or start a new job or buy a new car or start a new class or a million other things. People just don't like having change done to them. And if people feel like you are forcing change on them and they don't like the direction you're taking them, they're going to resist. That's on you, my friend, not them. And if you want some techniques for addressing this, I have a whole episode, episode 042, all about why I think people are not resistant to change and what you can do about it. And finally, how do you manage the difficult personalities? Now, here's the thing. I am a really, really, really big fan of the serenity prayer. Regardless of your religious preferences, I encourage you to say this to yourself on a regular basis when dealing with difficult stakeholders and see how saying these words remind you where you have power and where you don't. To me, the difference is clear. You cannot control others. I have tried, boy have I tried, unsuccessfully. 
Okay, here's what it says. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's what I'm hoping to share with you is the ways that you can learn what you can control and what you can't. Attempting to control others is futile and will exhaust you. Every time I have a tough time with stakeholders, I realize I've forgotten this very simple fact. The only behavior you can control is your own. Every parent, despite our best efforts, eventually realizes this, and it's no different with stakeholders on your projects and your PMO. So what do you do? What do you do to handle those difficult stakeholders? Control what you can. Do things differently if you want a different result. Change the game. If the way you are communicating with the stakeholder isn't working, do it differently. Notice your own behaviors and how you act or react to those stakeholders. Can you change how you respond when they aren't gauging the way you want them to engage? That is the secret. I know emotionally our first response, or as my husband, former military calls it, the first dart, is our immediate emotional reaction to something that has come at us, whether it's a difficult stakeholder or a million of other things can influence us or affect us on a daily basis. However, what you can control is that second dart, that second response. Can you change how you respond, how you react, the behaviors you own, your own, when you aren't getting the engagement the way you think it should be from your stakeholders. Let's go through an example. Are they acting out in meetings or making it difficult for you to keep that project moving forward? I know it requires so much patience when a stakeholder is misbehaving to stay calm, breathe, and stay in control of your own actions. But you must, because if you blow up, you are the one that looks like a fool and others will lose a little bit of respect for you even when it was caused because you reacted to somebody else's behavior. You become the center of their attention instead of the person that caused the chaos in the first place, which by the way, could have been what they were trying to do. So pull them aside and show them how their behaviors are derailing the project. Calmly explain your position, what you expect of them, and then hold them accountable. And to do this effectively, you need to know their WIFM and where they fit in with those categories we talked about to figure out how to use that information to bring them back into the fold and help them help you move forward. And I know sometimes the behavior is from stakeholders you don't feel like you can pull aside, but think of it this way. You do need to be able to have conversations with all of your stakeholders, and it's something you can bring up in a very casual conversation with them. Hey, I thought I'd like to share with you what I believe the effect was of this conversation we had in front of the other stakeholders, just as an example. What about those that are constantly negative or telling you why everything the team is doing is flawed and headed for straight doom? I like to leverage that energy for good. I put those people on an advisory board or a risk management committee where they can let their negativity shine. They can be responsible for coming up with everything that won't work on a project. 
They'll love it. And then you've got to give them the opportunity to address how to solve each one of those problems that they identified. And then your response needs to be, oh, this is great. This is really helpful. Even when you're thinking, I really hate working with you. And then you need to figure out how to implement what they provided. Ask them, okay, great. How would we manage this risk? How would we respond if this risk happened? How could we prevent it from happening in the first place? You were so smart and came up with this great risk that we need to be thinking about. Now, how do we solve it? Continue to give them the stage, give them the platform, respect them, respect their ideas, and actually go so far as to implement what they recommend. Because then you will build trust and you will build a stake in the outcome because they were a part of the solution instead of only being a part of the problem. So the bottom line here is to determine what you can control, since obviously it isn't your stakeholders, to benefit the situation and improve it for the better. And then do that. You're playing a chess game here. Take a step back and look at the entire chessboard and all of the players and how you can move the pieces around strategically to achieve the outcomes you're trying to achieve. You will have fewer headaches if you focus all of your mental energy on what you need to do differently, what you can control, to encourage or discourage certain behavior than trying to directly tell them, control them, manage them into submission, and expect them to act differently on their own. And finally, my last bit of advice to you is to actually do the work. That's right, just do it. So many things in our lives are not accomplished because we just didn't take that first step. The biggest reason best practices don't work is that we don't do the work. It takes time to do things well and get the outcomes that you want. There is no easy button for effectively managing stakeholders. It's the hardest and the most important part of all of the work that you do. So use some of the examples here about how to categorize stakeholders, how to understand what they really care about, and how to influence the outcomes by focusing on what you can control instead of focusing on what you can't. Put a real plan in place to engage them in the right ways and then execute that plan. Okay, that's it for today's session. Before we go, I just wanna remind you this episode is sponsored by Tempest Resource. Tempest Resource gives PMOs actionable intelligence, cutting-edge analytics, and real-time scenario analysis, all while minimizing the overhead of managing a resource portfolio. Learn more at pmostrategies.com forward slash 088. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 088. Check them out today. Okay, Impact Driver, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you hit subscribe to the podcast and that you download all the episodes so that you have them no matter where your impact journey takes you. And if you love what you heard today or on any of these episodes, please leave a rating and review so that others know how to find us and know that this is a high impact way to drive change in their organization. Bye-bye for now.